Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Bodies and Souls, Conversations for the Jewish Woman. Good morning, and welcome to Bodies and Souls. Your host for today is Rifki Boyarski and Sarah Lowenthal. This is the third in our series on the three mitzvahs of a woman. Um, we will be following this with a one-part episode on hair covering as well. Um, because this really ties to what we're doing. And again, I want to remind people that the reason behind these three episodes is really to inspire us all and to uplift us all in our own personal power as Jewish women, so that we can really step into that in the best way possible. And we're hearing from different women who really have stepped into their into their role and followed their really, really passionate parts of them in these mitzvahs. And we really want to see how this speaks to us and where we can implement this in our lives. And the Re- we know that the Lubavitcher Rebbe told us that everything that we do as an individual, because the Jewish nation is really one body and one complete unit, if we elevate ourselves, we are absolutely and directly influencing and elevating our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. So today we have with us um, Nechama Labor. Nechama can you start us off and just tell us a little bit about what you do on a general scale, where you're living and the work that you do in general, and why this mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles, why is this something that you feel passionate about? Thank you so much, Rifki, for inviting me to share my passion and my love for this mitzvah and all Jewish women, especially, and girls. That's what I do. I work with girls starting from bat mitzvah. And my shluchos began with Bat Mitzvah Club, and then it grew into a camp for girls, an overnight camp called the Jewish Girls Retreat. And that evolved into a network of Jewish women called the Grow Connection Network, women who want to grow and connect to Hashem on a deeper level, intentionally. And so we use the Grow Method of Prayer, which is based on the four steps of davening, to compose our own prayers to Hashem, we meet regularly. And I also use these methods at our camp for the girls. And we also have online programs for the girls. Bat Mitzvah Club is online now. It's called Bat Mitzvah and Beyond. We also have the Teen Connection Circle. And in these spaces, the girls and women are able to find that light within. And our motto is shine your inner light. Sometimes we need to dig deep to excavate the soul, especially when we're surrounded by so much darkness. And why is this mitzvah so important? Because it was important to the Rebbe, that's first of all. And the Rebbe taught us why. This is the first mitzvah that will generate many, many more mitzvahs. And it's a message that we want to instill in Jewish girls as young as three years old, that your light matters. Your soul came here for a a specific mission and your light is unique and we need you to shine. And so I like to give over this message and it begins from when we're young, we shine through lighting those candles and being taught how to fulfill Torah mitzvahs. And every mitzvah is a candle. Kiner mitzvah v'tara or every mitzvah generates light, Torah's light. And that's actually what, what we think about when we light the candles, that just like I ushered in this light, this is my mission to generate light all week with every mitzvah that I do. Also, rep- It also represents the soul and the gifts that Hashem has given us. Every one of us has a different gift. And as we grow, we develop those gifts and we get to know what are they? How can I use my gift of art or my gift with people? Whatever it is to shine and to fulfill my mission in this world, to serve Hashem, but in my unique way with the with the talents and the strengths that Hashem has given me. So that's number two. It's another way to generate light. Now, the third one is where it's dark. And it, it appears to be completely void of light. And we say, there is no light right now in my life. And many of us are feeling this right now. The world has shifted into such deep darkness, pain, and suffering. If we already know what it means to generate light from the time we're young, we understand that we have this mission. We know what our talents are. That means I have a unique 
role in this army of light. Now I can be a warrior of light. I see darkness. It's not darkness. It's light that's hidden. It's a portion of the world that Hashem has entrusted to me and said, I trust you. I gave you a soul. I gave you this piece of the world where I want you to bring your light, the light of your neshama that is specifically created for this moment in time. And this is how we generate the most incredible, brightest light. When we don't just get stuck in darkness and become a victim of it, but we recognize from the time we were little, we were given the candle. And it doesn't matter how small we feel. We were three years old when we began this journey to generate light. And I might feel so small in a big, dark world, but I know that Hashem entrusted me in this time, in this place, with all that I need and all the gifts that I need and the strength to be the light at this time. And so these, I would say, is the three levels that I actually coach girls and women into. And I help them see that their challenges are not a punishment. It's not just dark. They are the artist that needs to know how to find the light in this picture. And personally, when I was young, when I was five, a picture of mine was, was I guess, chosen to be placed in the book, A Candle of My for Own. People, for people who don't um, see, which we're not, we're, we're mostly podcast, the Lubavitcher Rebbe asked for a book to be published for one of the, the 10 Mifzayim. So one of the 10 Mifzayim is lighting Shabbos candles. And when that Mifzah was brought forth, the Rebbe asked for a book to be published that featured the faces and thoughts of young women, uh, young girls lighting Shabbos candles. And it's actually a beautiful book. I, I stumbled across it. I'll tell you funny. Like I, obviously it's before, you know, most of, most of our listeners it's before their time, but I stumbled across it in my parents' um, basement. And I remember like, it stopped me in my tracks. Like I actually, I sat down, I was, I, I went down to get like Legos for one of my kids and I saw the book and I was like, oh my gosh. And I sat down and I went through it and it's really, really very beautiful. It's really personal and, and intimate. I, I think that's the right word. It's a very intimate book. So Nehama, I know that you were featured in this book and that's where your personal connection to this Mifsa also comes from, right? Exactly. So I, the picture means a lot more to me because of my life's journey. There's a five-year-old girl gazing at a candle and the background of the picture is completely dark. And at five years old, I was the happiest, I would say a really beautiful child <laughs> with golden strawberry blonde curls. And I was proud of my light and I was proud of who I, who, you know, what I offered to the world. I was happy. I loved my life. And this picture always reminded me that I have a candle of my own. And it says on the page, the title of my picture is, this candle is mine alone to light. When does a person feel lonely? when they're in darkness, when they're facing a life challenge where it feels like no one else understands them. And we feel very alone. And at 10 years old, I felt very alone in the grief of losing my father. And I would say that the Rebbe gave me the, the Rafua before the maka. When I gaze on the, at this picture, it reminds me, no matter what darkness there is, you have a candle. This candle is yours alone to light. Only you can bring light into this portion of the world. You were given this challenge because there is light waiting to be revealed. Yes, even in grief, even in loneliness. And that creates the greatest joy. Viktor Frankl says that the definition of despair is suffering without meaning. But when there's meaning, which is really what the whole message of Shabbos candles is, is 
you are a powerful generator of light. And what happens the moments before Shabbos? It's chaos. It's stressful. There's tension. There's so much to do. And then we light that candle and it really signifies the mission. You can take chaos and turn it into the most beautiful, calming moments together with your family. And right after we light, we say, good Shabbos with a hug, representing love, connection. Can you turn chaos, disconnect, tension into connection? And a moment of complete serenity and tranquility. So lighting Shabbos candles, as you see, truly represents the mission of every Jewish woman. And not only every Jewish woman, especially us, but even every Jew. In a dark world, we are all God's Ashes Chayel. We're all, we're all the wife. And Hashem is the husband. He's welcoming us into his home. And we get to create the light with him. And that just feels very empowering. It doesn't feel like darkness, difficulties are here to punish me. But actually, it's the higher level of light that's waiting for me to be revealed. And I, 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 will, I will say that I've been on this journey. And with, with Hashem's incredible support, and I have met people who have guided me to, to reveal this light. And that's what I do. I'm here to help women first recognize that they are the light. They have a candle. Recognize their powerful soul inside that's, that can dispel any darkness that Hashem has entrusted to them. And then we figure out how to actually transform that darkness into such a powerful light that reveals your mission in this world. So my name is Nahama Dina. And I see that also as my mission to bring comfort, to bring light into the din, where there might be a feeling of severity, strictness from Hashem, and to realize that from the din, you're going to find the greatest consolation and comfort. And I would say today, I speak about my father with tremendous pride. He was an educator, and that's what I continue to do. He was someone who also brought love and joy into education, creativity, light, and being around him was being around light. And that's now I live with that light as opposed to the darkness of loss. So why am I talking about this? Because I want people to see Shabbos candles, not just as this mitzvah that I need to rush to do on time, but actually as the symbol of who we are. And that now at a time of greater darkness, we're all being asked to reveal the light in the darkness. And we know that the light that we're, we are already seeing, the unity, the oneness of the Jewish people is so tremendous that we are, we're here. We're bringing that ultimate light of Geula, which is what Shabbos also is. Shabbos is just a taste of what will be when Mashiach comes. And we are the ones at the forefront of ushering in this light. Wow, Nechama, that was amazing. You brought in all these fundamental concepts and you tied them all in and you made it personal as well. I want to sort of circle back to what you mentioned about how when your father passed away and you were dealing with your own personal grief, it was the comfort of Shabbos candles and the concept that the candles represented, the concept of candles being your potential in, in life and that everyone has their own light and they have their own mission, their own meaning and purpose. So I want to, um, ask you a little bit more. You were, you said you were 10 years old when you went through this experience at 10 years old, you were able to understand these concepts. That's what helped you work through your grief. So it's hard to remember when, when this concept really became integrated. It's actually difficult. I would say that my foundation was very, very strong. I grew up in Crown Heights and I was constantly surrounded by the light of the Rebbe and I focused on that. I, I would say it began not with transforming the darkness of grief. There was still that part in my heart that would open once in a while. And it will always be there, to tell you the truth. It will always be there. But I have, I have the tools to deal with it. I have the candle. 
Like I know what it is and I know, oh, when I feel a deeper darkness, there's a deeper light that's waiting to be revealed. So I would say that's why it's three stages. Thank God the foundation that my parents gave me was very, very strong in Emuna and Bitachain. And my father from the youngest age taught me to trust in Hashem, no matter what. Those were his last words. So I would say just knowing that, that I'm a light and maybe even, yes, the, the, I was in this book, like I'm special. So I'm just going to focus on that. What is it that I can do with my life? I don't yet know how to deal with this darkness. It's difficult to face. I didn't feel comfortable speaking about it from a young age. I waited many, many years. I would say probably when I was in high school, I would I spoke about it for a little bit. But yeah, I didn't yet know how to generate the light in darkness. Let's say as when I was an adult and I was really secure in who I am and that I am, I'm an educator and I have this light that yes, I always said it came from my parents and my father who showed me the power of, of an educator, the impact we can have on future generations. But then I was ready. It's like when you have those foundations, you have a life of Torah mitzvahs. And then you have the skills and strengths and you're using the, the light that Hashem has given you, then you hit a point where that is still depleting you. It's like taking, it's, it's taking energy out of you. There's still this dark hole that needs to be filled with something like hamakom yenachem eschem. There's Hashem is the place that has to be filled with godliness, with godly light. And I would say that in my 30s, when I reached the age that my father was, when he passed away, it hit me that this is my new Avaidah. This is what God wants for me to face it, to recognize that there's light here. And I was able to actually grow as an educator and grow in my mission and expand it and write a book called Finding Song and Sorrow, Sharing My Journey. And that was my second book after One More Light about Shabbos candles. So I guess I took that light into that dark tunnel. What is bitachon? I love Shara bitachon. That's another one of my passions. So I think, Nechama, I'm just going to pause you because it's so much information. You have so much knowledge you're sharing with us and it's so wonderful. But I think that one of the things that you keep going back to is this Imuna and Bitachon and how Imuna and Bitachon is like the thread throughout your life and the thread throughout Neshek. Uh, but I want to go back a step before this. And I think that this is really important for us to understand. We've discussed Chala with our audience. We've discussed Nida with our audience, both of these mitzvahs that are very much attached to something very physical, bread, you know, intimacy. These are very physical things. And here, Maybe this is a more abstract mitzvah, or maybe it's also combining the physical and the spiritual. So I want to go back a little bit and explore the connection between the physical and the spiritual in this mitzvah. And what is the intention behind this mitzvah? Is it this emunah and bitachon that keeps coming up in our conversation here? What's the what's the focus when a woman is, you know, connecting to this mitzvah? So really all the three mitzvahs, are ways that we weave the physical and the spiritual together, all three. So you discussed chala. Chala is how we bring Hashem into our food preparation and into the physical ingredients. Okay. Now, um, in family purity, we see it's a physical activity that draws down the highest spiritual energies. So what is hadlaka saneros? What is candlelighting? This is exactly what, what we were talking about. It's that women have the unique gift to generate light. And this is what the candle symbolize, all the mitzvahs that add light to the world. As Shlomo HaMelech said, a mitzvah is a candle and Torah is light. So when we light our Shabbos candles, we ask Hashem to illuminate the home with Shalom Bayis and with children radiating Nachas. And that our children should spread the light of Torah as well. And they should connect to that light. And this is the mitzvah that's most connected to bringing Geula, bringing Mashiach, 
because it's it's really Shabbos is a taste of that time. And it, it represents our role as women to usher in this light of Mashiach using the mitzvahs that generate light and the neshama with our unique gifts to bring that light into the world, which will ultimately bring the greatest light. And I would say the last frontier is to bring light into those dark places where we didn't want to face because it was too painful. And that's what Gaila and Geula have two, they're, they're both almost the same word except for the Aleph. The Aleph is bringing the oneness of Hashem into the trauma, into the dark, into the pain, and revealing a new incredible light. That is why it might seem very spiritual, but really that is our mission. And how can you apply that to your life today? What are we facing in the whole world? This is darkness. Every one of us needs to ask ourselves, what is my unique gift at this time that Hashem wants me to use to generate light in this dark world. And we see everyone's mobilizing and joining a different part of the army. There's the physical army on the ground, and then some of us are in the spiritual army. But we are all bringing that light that will usher in the light of Mashiach. I wonder, though, is there some sort of connection between, we're talking about light and dark, and I think this is the only mitzvah from all three mitzvahs, or probably from all mitzvahs in general, aside for maybe saying Shema, where we are almost, it almost feels like we're removing ourselves from the situation. We're covering our eyes. And I know that there's halachic ramifications to why we cover our eyes, when we cover our eyes, but on a spiritual aspect, is this connected to the dark and the light as well? Is it connected to the dark and the light? We're talking about the dark and the light. And so here we're, we're bringing this light and then we say the bracha. And I know that, the, it, like I said, there's halachic ramifications. There's a reason we're covering our eyes as well from a purely halachic perspective. But if we're talking about dark and light and dark and night, amuna, betachan, believing, seeing, bringing that, is that also why, like part of why we're covering our eyes or... That's interesting. You know, I think in those areas, you can bring in your own insights. There's no right and wrong. But I really do like that idea that I'm covering my eyes where it's dark. And I'm welcoming in the light, like we go with, you know, we circle our hands around the candles, and we say we're bringing in the light to what feels very dark, where my eyes are closed. Just like in Shema Yisrael, it's a sensing that even when I can't see it, Hashem Alekenu, like Hashem Havaya, the level of Hashem, which is above nature, above concealment, is Echad, it's all one, that this is the same God in the light and in the darkness. He created both, and he gave me a mission to bring the light into it. And our whole goal is to create Shabbos to the world. So that is it's not the week is not the goal during the week we are really focusing on shabbos some people spend every day asking themselves and i would encourage everyone to do this what am i doing today for shabbos that every day is infused with shabbos not that there's shabbos like it's its own separate thing but actually we want to bring shabbos into every day and where do we get the strength to do that from from sara imenu because it says that her candles remain lit all week. And I love how the Rebbe empowers women. And he says, the, the candles of Avraham and Yitzchak did not stay lit all week. It was only Rivka who brought back Sarah's candles. And her candles also illuminated. They stayed lit all week. So the Rebbe says, well, of course, today, we're not going to necessarily see that with our physical eyes. But the light that we generate when we usher in Shabbos, we're bringing in that light into the dark darkness. It, it influences the entire week. Now, practically speaking, I would say when you cover your eyes, think about what is the light that you bring to your home, to your world, and thank Hashem for that light. And then ask Hashem, for the strength to continue to generate that light and for a world filled with light and peace. That is definitely, and then you can take that into each day of the week until we'll have the ultimate Shabbos. It's very powerful. 
I don't think I've ever made the connection between lighting Shabbos candles and bringing about my own personal light and focusing on that. I probably always thought about Hashem Shechina and Kedusha that I'm bringing in the house. And yet you really are drawing our attention to our own selves and illuminating the power that, and the strength that we carry as women. And I really, I'm really connecting to this concept. But I am wondering because this word light might be a generic word or a vague word. Can we be super specific and and really explain what does it mean when we bring out our light, that the Shabbos candles represents a woman being able to carry out her personal light. So I would love to hear also, if possible, a definition and a story, perhaps a personal story that you can share from your life. That's a great question. And you're bringing it more practical. So we always hear that a woman sets the tone in her home. What does that mean? That we generate light. And practically speaking, what is light? Light is warmth. It's feminine energy. It's connecting to that malchus, to the queen. And what does it mean to really be the queen of our home and bring light where there's darkness? I would say a conquering energy would be forcing you know, being very um, strong about something, criticizing, saying this has to be this way. And then there's the feminine approach. How do we nurture and generate light in a relationship? It's with warmth. It's with love. All that is light. It's that when someone walks in a room, their energy brings light, just their being. Shabbos is about being. And it's not about forcing people to do things. It's really about being the role model and generating the language that's going to create oneness and unity. So a, a story about this, it's very interesting because it's constant work. I run a camp and I also teach and we see that directly in education. There's many ways to motivate others. So you can have the quick way, the short way, and make very strict rules and force everyone to follow them and then punish them when they when they disobey. And we all know what that looks like. And we can criticize and we can point out what's what's wrong and then say, this needs to be improved. And I have personally seen that that doesn't generate light and warmth and it creates more distance. It's not motivating, but sometimes when it's so important and you're passionate about something, it could come across that way. So I have, I've asked myself, what does it mean to speak words of light and to be the light? And so first of all, it's connecting to my inner light and recognizing the light that's in me already. So I'm enough and respecting that light. Then I can respect someone else and their light and the limitations. Everyone has light and limitations. And so what I would say specifically is really just being in gratitude instead of you didn't do this or I want this, start off with thank you for setting the table. Yes, maybe they didn't do the everything according to your wishes. You know, they they said it wrong. It was on the wrong side of the table. They forgot the cups. I, it's so easy to point out, you know, hey, and it's not one story of my life. This is a journey. You know, it's so easy to say, well, you didn't do the dishes. Well, you left the kitchen a mess. You made a cake, but you left it a big mess for me. Instead, it's like, hey, start with gratitude. And this is this is actually a develop grow method, which which is the acronym of grow. And I would say that speaking this is the language of tefillah. It's the language of malchus and a language of light. And that's why when you when when you're bringing in light, it's not something you could touch, it's a mood, it's a communication style. It's it's a vibe, it's actually your energy. And so people can sense your energy, right? When you have two friends meet right away, we can feel each other. I can feel if I feel comfortable and safe to open up. If you're the one I want to share what my vulnerabilities with. And that's because I feel accepted for who I am. And that's the beginning. That's what gratitude is. Every morning, Hashem says, I accept you the way you are. Here is your soul. This is your light. 
please shine it today. I trust you. But God, I didn't do a good job yesterday. Well, I trust you again today. He doesn't point out what we did wrong. That's what I would say is bringing light. So this is a language that I personally am practicing and teaching it to others in growth circles. I'm training educators to bring this into their classroom to start off with a davening preparation of personalizing these words. So gratitude. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you. And if I want to say it in a personal way to someone else, thank you for setting the table. I recognize that. So R is recognition. That's like the praise. It's noticing the small things. That is what generates the love. Um, also bring this conversation a little bit backwards, if you don't mind. Just grow is Nahama's personal explanation for growth, right? So it's an acronym of grow. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Nahama, you use this in other areas as well, not just in relation to Shabbos candles, but you have like journals and, you know, different other tools that you that you share with women so that they can grow. And this is like an acronym that is the basis of a lot of the work that you do. Am I correct? Yes. Especially when your life brings you darkness, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have. And that becomes the way your brain sees things. Like I don't, I don't have a father. I don't have this. Why me? Right. Like even in this conflict, we're seeing a lot of us are hyper focusing on it's very interesting. I'm going to bring this a little bit more to the situation that women here are feeling like last week was Pagisha. I'm sure you know that. Right. And the week before that, there was another group. And I, I routinely speak to groups here that come and travel. And the week before, um, one of the groups that I was speaking to, the organizer said, oh, can we have a Shabbos meal by you? And I was like, no, I, I just don't feel like I feel so heavy. And like, I think a lot of women who are talking to each other, they're using the word brain fog because there's a trauma that's happening to a lot of us, like a communal intergenerational trauma thing. And a lot of what we're doing is doom scrolling, right? We're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we're focused on this darkness that we're talking about. And in this conversation of light versus darkness, Shabbos candles as something bringing light, we have to keep bringing this conversation back to the present, right? And right here in the space that we're, we're in, a lot of us are hyper-focused on the dark. Now, what was really interesting is, so I said no to that group, but I did say yes to a group coming to us for Pagisha. It ended up being three groups. It was a really large thing. And I had Rabbi Tzvi Freeman at my Shabbos table and I spoke before him. I had shared something with the table um, and then he spoke next. And afterwards, I told the person who had the larger group at my table, I was like, I wish he would have spoken first because he like did this mind shift to me and he was like, it's very easy, like one of the things he shared with the students is that it's very easy to focus on the minority that's bringing a lot of darkness. And in reality, they're making a lot of noise. It's angry noise, it's loud noise, it's scary noise, but it's not the important part. So we tend to focus on the darkness rather than the light. But I think that what you're coming around again and again and maybe if if I say it differently, um, I'm processing it more, is that in the light of this mitzvah is the imuna and bitachan. In the light of your personal life, in that moment where you're connecting to your powers, whether that's being a kind mother, being a kind spouse, using your artistic abilities, whatever that means to you, you are connecting to a transcendent power. And in that space, you're also connecting to the fact that we trust that transcendent power and we trust the plan and we know that there's a plan. We've been here before. We know that Hashem wants what's best for us. It might look dark, but in this moment, once a week, we need to bring that light and connect to the light and trust the light. And in that space is Imuna and Bitachan. Is that part of like, I want to, I want to process with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're connecting to the source of the light that's in you. Like when Sarah said, oh, I never connected that I'm, there's a light of Hashem inside of me to be grateful for. Yeah. That's the part of you that is your generator of all the light that you shine. Of course, Hashem and you are one. And there's the big source of light. But how do I get real with Hashem? That's what we're saying. Amuna is faith, is I believe in God. 
But bitachon is I breathe God. I live with him in that dark place, in the dark tunnel. That's where bitachon springs into action, where I don't see the light. I don't see the way out. But I know that I'll get out of here without a doubt. How do I do that? I hold on to the light from within me. I'm not looking for it outside of me. I'm going inside because I know that that's where there's light. And generating that light has to come into our physical thoughts, our thoughts. First, we think about it, and then we, we need to speak it out because our words actually create light. They create our reality. They can create light or dark, right? We know how a word, one word, one comment you say to someone else, it can destroy them or it can just like open them up to their own light. So that's why I've taken the language of the sitter, which is means order, to open up the light of our neshama. And that's, I just want to review, grow stands for gratitude, which is mourning blessings. So, so think of your own gratitude just for your breath of life. We're all in this trauma. Oh my gosh, the world's coming to an end. We're falling apart here. What's going to be? It's so frightening. Stop. Breathe. ani. Acknowledge that there's an ani. There's a little neshama inside of there that's way more powerful than any darkness. So it's really, that's first the belief. I believe. I acknowledge it. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that I'm alive to see this new light emerge from darkness. I recognize that this is Hashem's way of running the world. What are the concepts that I can connect to at this time? I recognize that as Jewish women, we were the beacons of light in Egypt. We're living it right now. How can this go from belief into my reality? How can I speak it out? It could be recognizing my own goodness. Can I look around and instead of bringing that dark energy, the nervous worry, fear into my home, I I look at the light of my child, of a family member, and I say, you are a light in my life. I love you. you. Thank you for being here. And that's recognition is going deeper into the details of how Hashem takes care of us, the people in our life, what they mean to us, what we mean to ourselves, the details of our mission, like recognizing it, recognizing our journey, the journey of the Jewish people, the miracles that have already happened. You know, that there's a God that is animating this world with his words. What am I doing with my words? Am I generating goodness and light? And oneness is Shema. All this is not enough if it's just in my thoughts. It needs to come into my heart. In oneness with Hashem, I have now a power to generate light. I light my candles and I remember that I can be that candle. I have one of our favorite songs is, is trust your inner light. Shadows fall away. Hold your candle high. Night will turn to day. If you want, I can, it's called shine. And then we end off with shine your inner light. When you can trust in that inner light that God has given you, and then we take care of ourselves and all of our needs in a physical body, we're creating that home for Hashem. We are creating light. And we cannot let the darkness control us because we're not going to fight darkness with sticks and with fear and with worrying all day long. It's focusing on the light. And I would say that I, 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 if I recognize my own journey, if I go back to my own grow, I would say, I'm really grateful. I started this journey when I was 10. God, you put me in this darkness. What does it mean? But I, I believe in you. I believe that everything is good, but I don't see it. I don't get you. And that's real. It's okay. You have a real relationship with Hashem. It's in that dark tunnel. And then I recognize what what is what is mean what's the meaning in this? And as we get older and more mature, we could actually see that our challenges and our strengths really match up. Our darkness and our light are part of a package given to us to fulfill our mission in oneness with Hashem in partnership with Hashem. We're one. And Hashem wants us to co-create a new reality. He, we're here for 2,000 years because Hashem wants us to bring Geula. 
He could just make it happen. Why did he put us in a messed up world? Because he says, I trust you. I gave you a piece of me. Please recognize it in yourself. Reveal it. And be in oneness with it. Take that one action to dispel darkness. What can you do right now in this moment that is going to dispel darkness around you? The darkness inside of us, it could be a positive thought versus that negative thought that brings me fear. And my wish, that's my Shemana Eswe. I just need to do my part. And now I turn to Hashem and he's responsible for the outcome. I wish that Hashem, you show me the fruits that you bring and you grow Geula, you grow the light. I might have to keep at this until I see the light, but I know there's light because I trust in you, Hashem. And I go back to that gratitude that Hashem, Hashem put me in this world to bring light. And that's why the first statement of creation is Vayahi or. We didn't need light before man was created because God was telling us, don't be afraid of the darkness. Let there be light. And so this is my coping mechanism. When I face darkness, I ask myself, what is a mitzvah I could do? What are my talents? How can I generate more light? What can I create? And how can I be there for others and for myself? And how could I fuel this light? Don't forget, when you're constantly giving, generating light, we need to make sure that the candle within us is fueled with physical needs as well, spiritual needs, so actually during this time, I realized that I need to connect with women. So I started Grow Circles for Women every morning, 1030 on Zoom. It's open. It's like an open Chabad house for women. We have Grow Mentors who are supporting women in breakout rooms. We practice this Grow language to focus on the light, focus on the neshama that Hashem has given me. And when there's more darkness, there's more light to be revealed and we need doulas. Rifka, you're like a doula, right? You're a, a midwife. We need more support at this My time. What's <laughs> not a doula? What are you? A doula? A midwife. You're a midwife. Okay. But you're a midwife, literally, like like a Miriam and a Yechaved. You're, you're supporting women to bring light into this world. And it doesn't come without the contractions and without the darkness and the pain. But I can handle the pain. Because I know there's a baby that's coming. So I can handle this pain right now. Not that I'm condoning it and I'm not accepting it, but we are going to scream, Am Yisrael Chai, because the light of the Jewish people is inextinguishable. So what is your light? And be that light. And when you light your candles on Friday evening, close your cover, welcoming that light. Every week we need a new source of light like a stronger light than the week before as we get closer to the ultimate light we bring in that light and we cover our eyes and we say that blessing in oneness with Hashem and we then we stay in that in that sacred place talk to Hashem and say thank you Hashem I'm grateful I recognize this week's journey hasn't been easy but I also recognize the way you're sustaining me like, I, I know you're taking care of things. I know you're behind this tapestry. I don't yet see the full picture. And in oneness with you, Hashem, I'll just stay in this place of trust and love myself and the soul you gave me and the light that I need to generate. I will do it for you, even when it's hard. And I want to stay curled up in my bed and I want to be frozen and I don't want to do anything because it's so dark and, and difficult. And I wish Hashem, I will never stop wishing because that's a Jew. I will wish for Geula. I will wish and I will yearn that you bring us the ultimate Shabbos, peace and tranquility to Am Yisrael forever. I love that. That's, that's almost like a meditation. Question. So I have cousins in various forms of Jewish observance. So Litvisha cousins, Mizrahi cousins, non-Orthodox, like all over the spectrum of, of where Yidin practice authentically in their Vaidas Hashem. Lubavitch, I wouldn't say is unique, but but one of the more unique um, 
spaces in which we start benching Shabbos left with our girls at a very, very young age. So we're talking about all these big, lofty, amazing spiritual connections to Shabbos candles. But some people are even lighting Shabbos candles when their children are before three years old. As soon as they can make a bracha, there's a yad if we bench lift with our daughters. Why Why at three years old? Why did the Rebbe feel that girls should start doing this mitzvah at such a young age, where at an age where they might not be connecting to this mitzvah um, on a deep level? Mm. Excellent question. So the Rebbe definitely addresses this in the famous Sicha of Parshas Chayasara, where he proves that even Rivka Imenu lit Shabbos candles at three years old. And you could say, well, she was more mature for a three-year-old, but still, the Rebbe says she was still three years old. Facts are, she's three. And another time, the Rebbe spoke about the fact that this mitzvah might have been lost to the young girls because in Europe, it was just the mother that lit. Perhaps it was for economic reasons to save on the candles. But even so, the Rebbe said, with the times, we have to evolve. Just like it used to be that Jewish girls didn't go to school. And they learned everything from their mother. And now that there are schools for young girls, and even that, it was there, was a lot of, there were a lot of people that were against establishing the, the Jewish schools for girls. And now we see it's an accepted thing. So this, in a similar way, girls need to know that they are owning their Yiddishkeit, that they have their own candle. And, and the Rebbe said somewhere that it used to be that a Jewish girl, like a girl was very obedient. The mother would say, wear this, and she wore it. But now girls have more ownership of even the clothes that they wear. They have their own taste. And they're not just going to wear what their grandmother wore. So let them also carry their own candle, own it, because they need to own their own Yiddishkeit. And, and we're living at a time where Jewish girls are exposed to way more than before. And that's the reason why we need schools to educate them. They're not getting everything from the home. So it, it refl- it's reflected by every girl also carrying her own light and, and lighting her own Shabbos candle. Another question, you brought up um, the Imahai. So all these three mitzvahs of a Jewish woman are mentioned in the Torah. There's not a modern day phenomenon that these are specific to us and our power of woman. Why? Why these three in specific? We touched on it in a little bit of a more general way, but let's talk about the connection that the Imahis had to these three mitzvahs. Specifically, um, you spoke about bringing light into our at the end of our week, but we know that the challah stayed fresh the whole week. The light stayed um, stayed lit the whole week, and the 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 cloud was on top of the of the tent. So that means that there's some sort of connection with the whole week, not just during times where you're actively baking bread or you know going to mikvah or benching lich. But there's something that's telling us about women as a whole, as Jewish women. What is our role? and how it's connected to these three women. So can you talk a little bit about that? I love that question, because these mitzvahs represent the mission of Jewish women. What are we doing? We are creating a dira betachtainim, a dwelling place for our home, for Hashem in our home. And these three mitzvahs are the, the general way that we do it. And how do we, what does it mean? to create a dwelling for Hashem, it's infusing the physical with the spiritual. My book is called Weaving the Tapestry about the Eish Chayel. If you read the verses of Eish Chayel from Aleph to Taf, it's, it's all about her physical activities. She makes clothes, she does business, she plants a vineyard, uh, you know, she stays up late, baking, she wakes up early for, to, for food prep, so what's going on here? Why doesn't it talk about her lofty spiritual pursuits that she prays and she learns and she teach, you know, she it says pascha bachachma that her 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 mouth opens the Cyrus Chesed with the Torah of Chesed. And the Torah of Chesed is that she teaches others. So even her Torah is kindness because it's to share with others, it's to empower others in a kind and loving way. So you see 
that it's not so much about her spiritual meditations and her and and all the that. And so, in these three mitzvahs, we see, and in Aisha's Chal, that every single thing that she does is for the purpose of creating a dwelling place for Hashem on earth. This is our mission. This is why God created the world in the first place. So now, if we take take it apart, we see from the word hachen, um, which means her beauty, sheker hachen, that a woman's beauty we see is hinted to in these three mitzvahs. Hey is hadlaka saneris. So when she's a young child, she begins with generating light and recognizing that she has a neshama and that she has a unique mission to, to illuminate the world. And she does this with her Torah mitzvahs because every mitzvah is a candle and Torah is light. Then continues, as she gets older, she learns how to bake challah. And that represents all of her mundane activities using the ingredients that Hashem has given her, her talents, her skills, her physical being. And she learns how to nourish others, both physically and spiritually, like giving to others, like we said, with gratitude, recognizing them, nurturing others. That's the positive way to bring light into the world. And then, and and nourish others. I mean, not really bringing light, but like I said that before, but the nourishing of another person is, and filling them up. So that's the challah. The challah is all the ways that we, we use the raw ingredients that Hashem has given us and we elevate it spiritually. And then we have nida, which is Tarasa Mishpacha, which is family purity. And when a girl gets older, that's when she starts to fulfill that mitzvah and bringing Hashem into the physical aspects of her marriage and, and her family. So you see that really those are the three miracles of Sarah. All of those aspects were miraculous. For Sarah, her candle stayed lit all week. Her challah stayed fresh and and she had a cloud of Hashem over her tent, which represented that the glory of Hashem was always with her. Hashem was always there. And this is our mission. I always, when I teach girls and women, I ask them, how can you recreate these miracles in your home? How do you generate light? Chala, how do you nourish others in all different ways? Empower them, nourish them you know, give to others with the talents Hashem has given you. And then, of course, how do you bring Hashem into your home through the family, through the mitzvahs of family purity? But for a girl, I just say, how do you how do you bring Hashem into your home? Invite him into your space. And that really represents our mission in this world. Wow, thank you, Nechama. That was incredible how you took the three mitzvahs and you gave us a whole new perspective on them. Now, right at the beginning of starting to speak about the three mitzvahs, you threw in this little sentence and you said, in my book. And I'm wondering, what is this book? Tell us about this book that you mentioned. Oh, One More Light. Thank you. So because I, you see, at five years old in my formative years, the, I, I, I was put in the book One More Light, not One More Light, A Candle of My Own, Thoughts on Shabbos Candles by Girls Who Light Them. When I when I was launching Jewish Girls Unite, one of our first campaigns, it's a global network for Jewish girls. And we started this in 2014 before we had Zoom. So it was actually a little more difficult to meet online, but we still did. And we had classes for girls, especially those who were in places that were lacking the light of community and, and girls and friends. So they found this safe space online. And I, I realized, well, minute, we need to re, like rejuvenate this mitzvah of, of lighting candles and also inspiring others to light. Like Neshek was a big thing when I was growing up. And I think like 10 years ago, it was kind of quiet. It wasn't like you have this Neshek actually means weapon in Hebrew. And Neshek stands for Nerod Shabbat Kodesh. This is our weapon of light. Are we sharing this with others? The Rebbe was so into going on with time. Yeah, we did that when we were in high school, but now how much are we doing it? Like, are we just 
meeting a Jew? And are we ready with that ammunition in our pocket? Do we have our candles when we meet a Jew that might not light Shabbos candles? So we created a big thing. And Linda Schwartz uh, was getting ready for her daughter's bas mitzvah. And she shared with me that she became from through a Shabbaton with Manus Friedman, that she was invited by Rachel Lazarov in Texas. And she told me one, she she heard a, a lecture from Manus Friedman about the power of lighting Shabbos candles. And after that, she said, I, I, I need to do this. I need to create, create a home. And that's one of the reasons why this is the first mitzvah we inspire others, because once you light a Shabbos candle, then you want to have a Shabbos table and then you want to have a, a Jewish home. And that's what happened to her. So she, so she um, asked Hashem to send her a Jewish husband and her husband's name is Ori, which is light. And she just shared her story, which is in the book, One More Light. And when her daughter was becoming Basitva, this was so important to her that she said, let's let's do something connected to this mitzvah for my daughter's bas mitzvah project. So she ordered a thousand candlesticks that were designed by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, those gold ones. You can find them online. And Esther, Mrs. Sternberg still sells them. And the Rebbe designed them for safety and for beauty. And I said, wow, like these are the same candles. And the Rebbe wanted us to give candlesticks because it's a reminder to light the next week. If you light a tea light, it's gone. So Linda was very generous. And she said, let's send this out to any girl who will give it and inspire others to light. So we sent packages and we created an online program for, for girls, for schools to join together. And her daughter's, um, yeah, for her daughter's bat mitzvah, this was in 2016, we launched the campaign for, for called one more light and at the same time we said girls send in your submissions of why you love lighting shabbos candles and and that became in 2017 we published the book which is really an inspiration from the rebbe's first book and i'll tell you what happened while i was concluding the editing of the book I, I found out tragically that this girl Talia Haken had been had been killed by a terrorist in Australia, and it really hit me hard because she was in the school with some of my relatives. And then I was, I was, I like I said, I was finishing to edit, and I there was an email that I hadn't opened up for whatever reason. It just, it, I just skipped it, and I was looking over all the submissions, and I said, Hey, how come I never opened this one? Let me see. Maybe it's one that needs to be published. And there on my screen popped open a handwritten submission, which was quite unique, from Talia Haken. And I flipped. I screamed. My secretary thought, like, the worst thing in the world happened. I said, Talia Haken, age nine, Melbourne, Australia. I said, what is happening here? I just heard her name. And it was like that huge light of her poem that hit me. and our. And I'll read to you the poem. I think it's a beautiful way to end. This is what we're all facing. But Talia Haken, a nine-year-old, her legacy, her words that she wrote for the One More Light contest illuminated a very dark day in Australia by terrorists. And within three weeks, Rifka Lea Hopak, who was then in Australia, a singer, she said, I need to turn this poem into a melody. And I felt like I was connecting to the soul, to the light of Talia. I felt like she was making everything happen. We had the most professional producers create a song that was presented at, at a the launch of the book at the Jewish Children's Museum. And we had a whole bunch of singers sing it. And so what did Talia sing? When you light up a candle, you light up your neshama and you light up the world. And when you light up the world, you make it a better place for you, me, and everybody. Now the world, the world is dark, but soon it will be bright for us. And Mirza Shem Mashiach will come. We're lighting a candle. We're lighting our neshamas. And we're lighting up the world. And when we light up the world, we make it a better place for you, me, 
and everybody. And even though now it might feel dark, just know this is all part of the process to generate the greatest light of Geula Mashiach now. Amen. Thank you so much. This was really a, a beautiful episode and a beautiful way to wrap up these three mitzvahs. Um, we're going to post links um, if you want to reach Nahama about many, many of the programs that she does. We're going to post links to her books as well. Um, thank you so, so, so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed and grew. Original music of Shamil's Nigan provided by Hazan David Katak. We look forward to your input, feedback, and suggestions. We also have partnership opportunities available. Please email info at bodiessouls.com. Again, info at bodiessouls.com with two S's. Thank you. Thank you.